Today we're going to be uh, finishing off uh, a series that we've been doing on the anointing. I've really um, enjoyed the series. I hope you've enjoyed it too. Thank you for that over- overwhelming sense of encouragement. Um, a tear is coming to my eye right now. I'm so moved by the spirit of encouragement in this church. Um, it's just been great to look um, at the work of the Holy Spirit um, in the Old Testament uh, and in the New Testament. And uh, we're not going to be ending the anointing in this church. We do realize that, don't we? Uh, we? We may not be talking about it so much in terms of our preaching. Um, in a couple of weeks, we're going to be starting a new series called Jesus in the Old Testament. Um, oh, yes. So Jesus is everywhere in the Bible, not just in the four Gospels. And there are many sort of images and symbols and types of Jesus in the Old Testament. So in two weeks' time, leading up to Easter, we're going to be looking at that. And then after Easter, we're going to be looking at the subject of prayer. Now, let me do something very dangerous. Um, who, who would um, say they, they maybe learned something new last week when we talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Okay, so again, I'm overwhelmed by the four and a half people who um, really got it. Now, this morning, um, it's going to be one of those mornings where you're going to need a notepad, a pen, um, an iPad, an iPhone, a tablet, something that you're going to be able to take some notes on, because I'm not sure if you quite got it last week. Um, So this week, we're going to kind of do exactly the same thing. I've got the same point, but we're going to sort of come at it from a different angle. Now, in the Bible, there is this thing called baptism. Uh, The word baptism comes from the Greek word baptizo. Now, um, all this word means is to fully submerse. So if, if you were um, dyeing some material, you would fully immerse the cloth into the dye. Now, for some reason, um, I think it was due to uh, King James, when they um, did uh, the authorized version of the Bible, they kind of set up some rules, some principles, before they did the translation from the, the, the Greek into the English, they decided that they wanted to sort of almost keep some, they kind of saw them as special words. Church was one of those words, and baptism was another word. So rather than just sort of translating the Greek into English, we've kind of got this word baptism in our New Testament, but really all it means is to take something and to stick it in something else, to fully make it wet. Wet, wet, wet. That's what, what baptism is all about. Now, what I want to say today is, is that there are three baptisms in the New Testament. Well, actually, there's four, but today we're going we're gonna to talk about three baptisms that every single one of us can experience. Now, as I said, um, we're going to go through Lots of verses. You're going to need your Bibles. I think some of them are going to come up here, but this is going to be a whistle-stop tour of the baptisms, the three baptisms that we can experience. We are open, aren't we, to the Holy Spirit? How many of you have got a smartphone? Okay. Now, 
I want to say this. The Holy Spirit is not an app. It's the operating system. That's really deep, that, okay? Um, for those who maybe have no idea what I'm talking about right now, um, on your smartphone, you can download little programs. They're called apps. And you, you add them to your phone, and you take them away from your phone. They can be games. My uh, phone seems to be full of games that my children um, have put on there, and my wife has probably put on there too. You know, and I put on there as well. Let's be honest. Have a moment of confession. There's lots of little apps that you can add and take away. But for the phone to work, you need the operating system. You cannot remove the operating system. You have to have, or if you do remove it, you need to put another operating system on your phone or on your computer. And I want to tell you this morning that the Holy Spirit is not an optional extra in the Christian life. He's not something that we add on today in church, we take away tomorrow. That's not how God intends it to be. He wants the Holy Spirit to be in you, to be around you, to be on you, to be under you, to be everywhere in all that you do. Amen? Okay, we're warming up now. So, um, so there are three types of baptism that we can experience. And uh, as we were saying last week, the Holy Spirit um, is a person. It was interesting yesterday as we were away for the weekend, there was a couple from um, a, a church in London and uh, Ashley, who was speaking, she didn't refer to the Holy Spirit, she referred to Holy Spirit which I just found interesting that, you know, often when I talk about the Holy Spirit, I say the Holy Spirit. But, um, you know, when I talk about Audrey, I don't say the Audrey. I, Gareth John Benton, take you, the Audrey, to be my wedding. You know, I don't, I don't say that. So in English, um, I thought it was really interesting. I felt a bit challenged that, you know, sometimes I talk about the Holy Spirit, but really a better English grammatical thing to do would be to just say Holy Spirit because he is a person. Um, I need to talk about these three baptisms, so I need to get around to that. So let's talk about this. So um, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13, it says, For we were all baptized by one Spirit so as to form one body. So this is the first Baptism. Now, who is performing the baptism here? Not a trick. Just, just have a look. Okay. It is the Holy Spirit. So the first baptism I want to talk about this morning is the baptism that is by the Holy Spirit or by Holy Spirit. Let's try and use that language. And what is the baptism into? It's, in, it's into the body of Christ. It's into the church, or you could say the body of Christ. Um, this baptism is actually a baptism into Jesus. Okay? Now, uh, when we did a series on Ephesians, there was a, a, a phrase that kept coming up time and time and time again, and it's, it's this phrase, in Jesus. If you have come to a point in your life 
where you have recognized your need for Jesus. You have repented. We said last week, repentance is a significant um, deep change of mind that what you have done is you said, you know what, I've had the, the steering wheel of my life in my hands, but I'm going to take my hands off. I'm going to allow Jesus to take the steering wheel, and he's going to drive my life now in a different direction. If you have invited Jesus into your heart, you have been baptized into the body of Christ, into the church, and the person who has done that is Holy Spirit. Are you with me? Am I saying anything that is not there in the Bible right now? Okay. The second baptism is a baptism that is performed by a disciple of Christ. So they are the person who is doing the dunking, the dipping, the immersing. They are baptizing another person and they are baptizing the person in water. Next week, we're going to baptize two people in water. How cool is that? If you have not been baptized in water, Jesus commands us to do it. He was an example that he himself was baptized in water. We've got a lovely warm body of water that we create here at the front of the King's Church. And if you would like to be baptized in water, do it. What are you waiting for? It's an amazing thing to do. But then we come on to the third baptism. Now, it's interesting because it's a little bit of a mirror image of the first baptism. Because the third baptism is a baptism that Jesus does. So it's by Jesus. And Jesus, he dunks you, he immerses you, he fills you, he surrounds you, he makes you wet, wet, wet with holy Spirit. Now, if you are in any doubt of how important this, let me just put the word in there, so the disciple in water, okay. If you are in any doubt of how important this baptism is, it is actually in all four Gospels. Now, three of the Gospels have some similar things to them. They're called the synoptic gospels. Synoptic means to see with one eye, okay? And that is Matthew, Mark, and Luke. They're gospels that actually, when you read them, there are bits that, um, you know, they, they probably looked at each other a little bit, and they, I don't know if they talked about it, or there was tradition in the early church, it was around... And, and they're very similar in, in their view of reporting about Jesus. There is one gospel that's very different, and that is the gospel of John. Now, there are only a few things that are mentioned in all of the four gospels. You would think, wow, if, if something is mentioned in all of the four gospels, then it is really, really important. Yes? Agreed? So something that is mentioned 
is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus in all of the four Gospels. Because this is central to our faith. This is the most important thing. That Jesus came, he died, he rose again, he's alive today, and he's doing amazing things. So that is mentioned in all four Gospels. There is something else mentioned in all four Gospels, and it is the third baptism. When you get home, you need to write this down. You need to look in Matthew 3, Mark, no, sorry, let me check. Matthew 3, yeah. Mark 1, Luke 3, and John 1. You read, when you read about John the Baptist, he says this amazing thing. He says, look, I am baptizing you with water. This is a baptism of repentance. In Luke 3.16, it says, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming. He's talking about Jesus, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And this is across all four Gospels, okay? Matthew 3, Mark 1, Luke 3, John 1. Now, we were talking a little bit last week about this, how this happened in Acts chapter 8 in Samaria. There are four occasions in the book of Acts where we see the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 8, chapter 10, and chapter 19. We're going to look at chapter 19 a little bit later. But it's interesting, when you read through Acts, you read, first of all, in Acts 1, Jesus said to the disciples, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then when this happens in Acts chapter 2, Peter is explaining it and he says, repent and be baptized every one of you. He's talking about baptism in water in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's talking about the third baptism. Is everybody with me? Yeah? Now, it's interesting because these things are different theologically. But even if you think about it, they're different grammatically. Because you've got a different person who is performing the baptism, and you've got a different medium of, of what you're being baptized into. These are different things. This is a baptism of salvation. This is a baptism in water. A sense of the old being cut off. It symbolizes the, the, the sense of being a new person. And this is a, a baptism of power. Now, what, what, what I want to do now is I just want to kind of ram this thing home to you in a very pastoral way. Um, just, if you have your Bibles, turn to 
1 Corinthians 10, verses 1 to 2. Now, in two weeks, we're going to talk about Jesus in the Old Testament. And God is so helpful that, that sometimes he wants us to, to really understand something, so he talks about some things throughout the Word of God. And here, we, we see this picture of the three baptisms throughout, throughout history and throughout the Bible. So it says this in 1 Corinthians 10, verses 1 to 2. For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud. Now the cloud is what led the Israelites, and it's a, it's a picture, the cloud by day, fire by night. It's a picture of Holy Spirit, okay? That our ancestors were all under the cloud and that they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. So we see here a little symbol, a picture of the three baptisms. Okay, what did Moses do initially? Moses was a deliverer. He led the people out of captivity. It was not good in Egypt. They were being oppressed. They were in bondage. And Moses came and he delivered them out of Egypt. And that is a picture of Jesus and what what he does when he saves us. Can anybody here this morning testify that Jesus has led them out of something that was not good, that was restricting, that was minimizing? Stuff, habits, things in your life that, you know, just was bringing destruction. But Jesus came and he set us free. Praise God. Four of us are very excited that we are free today because Jesus came and he led us out of a dark place. He led us out of a place that was not good just as Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt. We've seen the film. We've seen the cartoon. We know know what happened. Okay, right. But then they went through a baptism. They went through the sea. Now, what happened when the Israelites went through the sea? Push, push. Dramatic stuff. Amazing stuff. Okay? Now, it's interesting that when they went through the sea, the thing or the people that were holding them captive, the thing that was oppressing them, the thing that was bringing destruction for the Israelites, as they passed through the sea... The Egyptian army was slain. And this is a brilliant picture for water baptism. That when Mike, you get baptized next week, Mike? You are now, because I've just said. Okay. Phoebe as well. When they, when they go through the water baptism next week, it's just this massive picture of washing, of renewal, of the sense of the old has gone and the new has come. Aren't you glad that the old, oh my goodness, the old Gareth Benton, the spiteful, proud, lying, envious, 
Plonker, Gareth Benton, he has gone. And now, because I have been saved and delivered, and because the Holy Spirit has baptized me into Jesus and the church, I am now a new person. And through the waters of baptism, I can declare that the old will no longer hold me. In fact, the old is dead. Praise God. Yeah? But now, the Israelites are wandering. And they are led by a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire. This is a picture of the Holy Spirit. A picture of God being with them. A picture of God's presence and his power upon his people. So we see in terms of this whole process, we see a a, a massive picture here that I'm not making it up because the Apostle Paul, who knows his onions, okay? I mean, the Apostle Paul, I mean, he he wrote most of the New Testament, yeah? Uh, That's more of the New Testament than I've written and that you've written. And he knows what he's talking about. And he appeals to this sense of what happened with the Israelites and these different baptisms. Now, here's another little picture. The temple. You guys know about the temple, yeah? And what the priests had to do when they came in the temple. The first thing, when they came into the temple, when they came into um, the, the outer bit, one of the first things that they came to was the altar of sacrifice. Now, what was being sacrificed on the altar? It was animals, okay? Now, did the animals... Did the, did, the, did the sacrifice of animals bring cleansing into people's hearts? I don't think so. What it did is it reminded the Israelites that actually there was going to be somebody who was going to come. There was going to be a Messiah who was going to die for the sins of the world and that through that person, they would be cleansed and they would be saved. So we have all this sort of animal sacrifice that happens in, in, in the Old Testament. Um, you've heard of the phrase that the, 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 the scapegoat. Um, so it's kind of a little picture of it. Um, but in, in essence, what was happening is that the, the animal was, was a symbol that somebody would need to come and die for people's sins. And I'm so thankful that Jesus came and he died for my sins. And that I'm delivered from being a sinful person. But then, after you passed the altar of sacrifice, you came to the laver. What was the laver? I actually, <laughs> I wasn't quite sure of the meaning of laver, so I googled it this morning. Apparently it's a type of seaweed. It's not that kind of laver, okay? It's a metal bowl with some water in it. And the, the priests, as they came into the temple, they, were, they, they washed There was a ceremonial washing that happened at that stage in the temple. There's a little pattern developing here, isn't there? Can you see it, yeah? Now, when the priests got into the Holy of Holies, there were actually three key things um, in the Holy of Holies, or four things if you include the the Ark of the Covenant and all that. But there was the table of bread that represents God's presence with his people. 
sit down, have a meal. It's all that kind of symbolism. There was um, the incense, the altar of incense, which speaks of prayer. But there was also the menorah, which was a light, it was a candle, and it, it spoke of the anointing, okay? In fact, the, the priest, the oil, the oil for the anointing was kept in the Holy of Holies. So in the temple, we see this picture of what God wants to do. Remember last week, I was saying what God wants to do in your life, it's multifaceted, it's not a single thing, but there's many angles to it, and it's mysterious and wonderful. We see this throughout the Bible. Now, let's just turn to Acts 16. Um, Just to, sorry, Acts 19. It should come up on the board. Am I bamboozling you this morning? Or, yeah, you got it, okay. So, um, Acts 19. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples. Notice, he found some disciples. Okay? These were people who had experienced the first baptism. They had been baptized into the church. They had been baptized into Jesus. And Paul asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit, when you believed. No, no, Apostle Paul, you've got, you've got it wrong. You don't, need to, you don't need to ask that question because surely, you know, that happened when... No, he asked the question. He asked the question. As I said, this guy knows his onions. He knows what he's talking about. He knows the right question to ask. And these people have been baptized into the church, but he was very concerned. Did you receive the Holy Spirit, when you believed? They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Sounds like some churches that are around today. Um, So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? And they said, John baptism, they replied. So it's now talking about the, the second baptism. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him. That is in Jesus. And we see that in the Gospels in Matthew 1, Mark 3, Luke 1, and no, I got that the wrong way around. You can look it up later. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. And they spoke in tongues and prophesied. So here we see, in these six verses, we see these three baptisms being outworked in the believer's life. Just one more verse to give you. We'll whack it up on the screen. 1 John 5 verse 8, it says this. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who testifies, because the Spirit of the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify. Spirit, 
water and the blood. And the three are in agreement. So we want to be open, don't we, to all that God wants to do in us. If there is stuff that God wants to pour out upon our lives, we do not want to be a church that says, well, we've got it all, Jesus. I mean, I I don't know anybody in this church who I've ever had a conversation with them where they've said to me, do you know what, Gareth? I have arrived. In terms of this thing of knowing Jesus, walking with the Holy Spirit, being anointed. I mean, why are you doing a series on the anointing, Gareth? Because I am just, I have arrived in all that the Holy Spirit wants to do in me. I have not met one single person. I meet people time and time again in this church who are saying, Gareth, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, I want more of God in me and on me and around me. What I want to tell you this morning is that there are different things that God wants to do. I wonder this morning if we have some people who have been saved, who have been delivered Will you go to heaven? Well, yes, I believe you will. Um, When Jesus died, there were two guys who were crucified next to him on either side. And Jesus said to one of those men, today you you will be with me in paradise. Now, at that point in the Gospels, is there a little thing where Jesus said, excuse me, Roman soldiers, can you just peel this man off the cross because we need to baptize him in water? And then if you, if you want to, you can crucify him again. We just need to go through that step to make sure that he is going to heaven. That's not how the story goes down. The guy is dying. He's in his last moments. He's got nothing really to give God in the way of living for him or anything like that. There is just this moment where Jesus said, you know what? Today, you can be with me in paradise. You can be delivered. You, you can have eternity with me the first baptism. We see the baptism in water. If you have not been baptized in water, do it. Be obedient. I want to encourage you this morning to be open, to be open to the baptism in the Holy Spirit. What is this baptism about? I want to tell you that this baptism is about a a filling of power. We live in a very broken world, don't we? We live in a world that is very needy, a world that is hurting. And if we think for one moment that we can meet the needs in this world, then we're very mistaken. But we need the Holy Spirit to come upon us and to fill us, to immerse us, so that as we reach out to this city, to this world, God makes a difference. I was in... um, the basement the other day of the church. And I found something. And I wanted to, um, to show you what I found. Would you like to see what I found in the basement? Yeah? Bearing in mind that when we began to talk to the Church of England, that they said there may be people buried on site here. Okay? So I just want to point that out. Would you like to see what I found in the basement? Okay, I'm going to get it, okay? It's a moment of suspense. Some of you know what it is. I'm just going to get it. Here it is.
found a wheelchair in the basement. Now, I find this fascinating. Yesterday, when we were on the Isle of Wight, Dan from London, he, he, he gave us a word and he was saying, do you know what? There, there is going to be a healing anointing in your church. Uh, my friend Jonathan Snell, when he came and prayed with us one day, he said he almost saw like people in the past in this building and they are holding onto the, the pillars and they are praying for God's kingdom to come in this community. And it's almost like God has bottled up the tears over the years. Wow, that encourages me. Now this is interesting because I'm not really sure what happened here with this wheelchair, but somewhere along the line, somebody came to this church with a wheelchair and then didn't need it anymore, so they left it in the building. Now we've got Chris Greed on drawing up some plans for the building. And the thing that we've missed out is the wheelchair storeroom. Because I want to tell you that if we are baptized in the Holy Spirit, God is going to move in this church in miraculous ways. I mean, this is what happened with Jesus in Luke 4. He stands up in the temple and he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I mean, goodness, if Jesus needed to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, do you think we should be as well? I mean, Jesus, he, you know, we can see these things in the life of Jesus. Now, Jesus didn't need to be born again because he was born right. He was sinless. He was already delivered. He lived a life that was absolutely pure. So we had that. He was baptized in water as an example. As an example to us, he was also baptized in the Holy Spirit. And look what happened in Jesus' life as he was baptized in the Holy Spirit, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and the recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Guys, we know so many people, don't we, who are wheelchair-bound at the moment. I mean, you may know somebody that is physically wheelchair-bound, but I'm not just talking about physical things this morning. We've heard Mark today talk about, you know, people who are struggling with addictions. And they are, they are broken in their soul. And they can't walk life very well. And it's almost like they're in a soul wheelchair. Would you know what, guys? As the Holy Spirit comes upon us, those people will be set free. There are people in this community that their spirits are broken. Their spirits are dead. And they're not walking with Jesus right now. And we pray that every week, they come into this church and we pray every week that as the church goes out into the city that we meet people who are not walking with Jesus and we, we pray with them, we speak with them, we lay hands on them and they get up in the name of Jesus and they begin to walk the life that God has intended them to live. It only happens not by might, not by power, not with the building, not with a great budget, not with nice banners, 
with, you know, a clever idea. That's not how these things happen. How do they happen? Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. By my spirit, says the Lord. I'm going to ask the worship team just to come forward. And here's the thing I want to just leave with you this morning. I don't want us this morning just to take a drink of the Holy Spirit. I mean, that might be a good place for some of us to start. If you've never really felt that you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, we would love for you to come to the, to the front or to stand where you are. It doesn't matter really this morning. And we want you to be thirsty for the Holy Spirit and we want you to take a drink of Him. But this is more than that. We don't just want to drink the Holy Spirit. We want to become a well of the Holy Spirit. That this week, as we live life, that people are, you know, they look at us and they think, wow, there is such a difference about that person. And we see God do miraculous things through us. I know, as I talk to people, people are hungry for this. People want it. Can I say, don't be afraid? You know, when we begin to talk about the Holy Spirit, sometimes people get afraid, they get concerned, well, what's going to happen? I want to say that the Holy Spirit loves you. He loves you. And he wants to help you and he wants to help others through you. So don't be afraid of what the Holy Spirit can do for you and can do for others. Shall we stand together? I'm going to pray. I'm going to lift up this wheelchair. Martin, oh, we're going to pray for Martin in a minute. Oh, did you get healed this morning? Mark and Martin, can you come out the front here? I would like us actually just to lift up this wheelchair. And um, we're just going to pray for the brokenness in our community. And we're going to pray that God, he helps us to be a church where people come and they can't walk, whether it be in their body or their soul or their spirit. And as they leave this church... They're walking again in the name of Jesus. Lord, as we lift up this chair, we want to thank you for the symbolism it represents. And Lord, you know, why was there a wheelchair in the basement? I really have no idea. But God, I just felt you speak to me as I saw it, that Lord, you want this place to be a place of healing. We want many people to come with their their spiritual and their soul and their physical crutches and wheelchairs. And we want them to leave them behind in this church, Lord. And as I'm talking about this church, I'm not just talking about this building, Lord, but I'm talking about us as a church family, that, Lord, as we come into contact with people who are broken, that, Lord, in your name, as your spirit comes upon us, that, Jesus, they will be set free, that, Lord, they will be healed, they'll be delivered, they'll be comforted, they will be, they will be helped, they'll be restored and redeemed. So God, today, we just we want to be open to all that you want to do in our lives. We want to be open to your spirit coming and doing something fresh and new. So Lord, thank you. Thank you for choosing us. Thank you for believing in us. Thank you for wanting to use us, Lord. You don't need us, Lord. But God, by your wisdom, you've said, I'm going to call you. I'm going to set you apart and I'm going to use you for my glory. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father.